What if there was a place where wanting it all meant getting it too? New Cape Line sparkling cocktails are swooping in to transport you to a seriously delicious paradise. They come at you with all the flavor you want and nothing you don't. In margarita, hard strawberry lemonade, and blackberry mojito varieties. Plus, they're made with just six simple ingredients and nothing artificial. Welcome to having your cake and eating it too. Head to capeline.com and find out where you can get your hands on the go-to drink of this summer. Welcome to Capeline. Celebrate responsibly 2019 Capeline Beverages, Memphis, Tennessee. You know, was that, is, is that something you thought about? Of Is that the type of woman you want? Is someone you can kind of put on the shelf in a glass case and pull down when you need? The last thing that I want and the last thing I'll ever do is control a woman. And I do want an independent woman in my life, my future wife. I want a woman that will make decisions for herself. And that won't need me when I'm there. Although a man is supposed to lead and guide a woman in the relationship. All right, everybody, welcome to Bachelor Party. I'm Lauren Zima. Of course, the lovely, talented Juliette Littman is on a break, so I'm here guest hosting for her. And thank you to Juliette. We miss you. Thank you for asking me to guest host. If you guys don't know me, I have been on the pod before, but I am also a correspondent for Entertainment Tonight, host of our streaming app, ET Live, and oh, I do the Bachelorette Recap Show, Roses and Rose, on our YouTube channel with a glass of wine. And I am joined today by a man who needs no introduction, but always deserves one. Well, it's, if you don't get one on a podcast, it makes it a little more difficult <laughs> because people are staring at their phones, listening on their AirPods going, I can't see who's there. You're right. No one's read the description of this. They've just right. gone straight to the audio. 100%. Yeah, 100%. Uh, so Chris Harrison, host of The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise. And, you know, since we're here at The Ringer, also the host yeah. of Real Golf Talk, talk with yes. Johnny Miller. So I know sports is hard for you to get out. Real Golf Talk with Johnny Miller. <laughs> Presented by Callaway. Uh, also a friend of yes. The Ringer. Thank you for, first of all, having me. Thank you for letting me invite myself on this podcast. <laughs> uh, I will begin with a shout out to the queen, Julia Littman, yes. uh, who is a friend and has had me in as well. But then when I heard you were coming in to fill in mm -hmm. for Juliet, I said, can I come? You tacked along. I did. I asked to be Ew. your guest. And I didn't know I was going to add my first question to you as the host of this show today. Yeah. Would you have had me on? Would you have asked? Or what did you feel emboldened to have me and felt guilty because I asked you? I have to be honest. I wasn't going to ask you. <laughs> so I, I have completely you, pirated this. I cannot get rid of him. It's like, give me a break, man. That's <laughs> what I said in my uh, high school yearbook. Chris Harrison, like herpes. Oh, my God. Just hanging around. Just flares up. I'm so glad you have this podcast to make the jokes that you can't make on network television. <laughs> The podcast is fun. So I've been asked a million times, and Juliet and I talked a little bit about this, as I'm obsessed with so many Ringer podcasts, rewatchables. And when Callaway came to me and said, do you want to do a podcast? I said, no, I've been asked a ton about it. And they said, do you want to do a golf podcast? And you know how obsessed I am with golf. So I said, I'm all in. An aficionado. Yes. And then mm -hmm. to talk golf with Johnny Miller. To, hey, so if you know someone who loves golf, check it out. Yes. But let's talk about the British Open. A different type of men telling all. 
The Bachelorette Mental Law Special. What an episode. We are here to recap, to review, and for me to grill you. So buckle up, sit down. To, let's let's cheers, cheers with our caffeine because yeah. we're tired after that one. Okay, and, uh, here we, we go. We should have wine. This is not like us to not have wine. <laughs> this is weird. Tea and coffee. Roses and rosé is for wine. Bachelor party is for we got to inject caffeine into our veins. So we start off in an unusual way. Luke's return yeah. to Greece. This was... The first time you've ever started a tell-all special with footage like that, with a continuation? Yeah, it's the first time we've ever basically continued and had original footage and an original content leading into a tell-all. Obviously, the tell-all is a recap show. That's what it's for. And it's meant to set up what happens the rest of the season. We would have normally had what you saw in the first two segments last night during the tell-all. That would have been the first part of the finale, which is next week. But we thought we really can't have the conversation we need to have with Luke, with the, with the guys, without you seeing all of this. And and we kind of wrestled with how do we how do we do this? How do we produce this? And we finally came to this conclusion of let's just show two more original segments. Then let's start the tell all in a way we've never started before, which was a one on one sit down, sans guys, sans bachelorette, just me and one of the contestants, Luke P. So it was a really and we did that was four segments. Mm-hmm. That was. Two original segments and then two segments of sitting down one-on-one. So it was a very different tell-all. And, and I know I, you know, sometimes I lend myself to hyperbole and over-dramatize things. <laughs> I get it. Uh, but no, it really was a dramatic and fascinating way to start the show for me. It was a return from Luke for the second time this season. I yeah. was thinking about that because Hannah had sent him home once on a one-on-one. He came back out from right. the woods to uh, tell her that he wanted to move mountains for her. And then he came back again after she sent him home on Fantasy right. Suites Nights. I don't know if you've ever had somebody come back after being eliminated Speaking twice. Speaking of not being able to get rid of something. <laughs> <laughs> the guy is hard to shake, man. Did you guys have any discussions about, do we want to let this guy come back yeah, again? Yeah, we did. We talked a lot about, I mean, there was a lot of discussions about Luke. And here's the interesting thing. You know, I was actually talked to last night at a frozen yogurt place <laughs> by a, a couple, lovely couple, big fans of the show that saw me and said, you know, you guys t- tell me the truth. You kept Luke P around. You guys kept him around. That's what you guys do. Mm. And I said, honestly, kind of the opposite. We as producers were thinking there's going to be some Luke P fatigue setting in about now. And left to our own devices, we probably would have gotten rid of him in that storyline earlier to get Hannah on track for what we would hope to be a happy ending. So we knew there would be fatigue, but Hannah and Luke P couldn't resolve their relationship and their issues. And so therefore it lingered on. And and yeah, he needed to come back because it wasn't done. Uh, and he wasn't done. And she really wasn't done, as you saw. She felt done to me uh, she, on that you know second what? time. <laughs> Until, well, no, 100% in Greece, when he came back, done. D-U-N, done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to borrow a line from my boys, he was Brooks and done at that point. Um, and that was funny because he still didn't get it, still didn't see Anna it. Hannah had to move that podium. Another first. Yeah, another first. Has lead ever moved the podium? We were, I was sitting at that point. I was not, the control room where we were, which was um, kind of a hollowed out hotel. We were at, at a hotel in Alunda Beach in Greece. And we use hotel rooms as kind of our control room. So we're all piled in there like refugees. There's like 30 <laughs> of us in this small control room sweating. And that's how I can see and hear everything that's going on. But I'm only like, 15 yards away from the action. And so I'm watching and she picked up the podium 
And there was just silence just in the control room. Can she do that? <laughs> Wait, what just happened? Um, luckily, I was so worried for the roses. Were they going to fall off? And luckily it was a light one because it depends on where we are in the world. <laughs> you know, we make those. We custom our, I say we, I've never made one. You're carving Our them. art You're department makes them. them. <laughs> yes. If you wonder what I do on my off time, I'm whittling and, 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 yeah, and, and crushing stone. Mm-hmm. But that one was a light one and she just picked it up and, and moved it, which was hysterical. And it kind of summed everything up. I also don't know if I've ever heard a lead drop so many F-bombs in one yeah. episode. She was like, F that guy. I'm effing done. And you know what? I think we all felt that. We left the beauty pageant stage and went straight to Tuscaloosa. <laughs> Alabama <laughs> Hannah came out and she's like, that's it. I'm I'm going south on you. And she brought it. And I loved it. And what was very interesting. And so, look, I'm not going to say I'm ever a smart person, but it really didn't dawn on me what was going to happen when he came back? I was, I was thinking there would be a confrontation with the guys, and it really wasn't until he started walking in that I thought, oh, wait, the other three guys have no idea that Luke Has was sent, sent home, home right? because the guy, we separate them for a reason. And it's not for this, but it's just to now they need to really compartmentalize. Hannah needs to compartmentalize. It's all about, at this point, love and creating this final relationship. So the guys don't know. They don't know who's stayed. They don't know who goes. They don't know who's been in a windmill. They don't know anything. <laughs> they come into the rose ceremony wondering and assuming all four guys are going to be there. So it really didn't dawn on me, honestly, when he until he walked and stood beside Jed and, and the rest of the guys. I'm like, oh, God, they don't know. And... Until they saw Hannah's reaction, then they got clued in, and then I really appreciated the fact that they finally stood forward and said, okay, bud, time's up. Like, get, Can I tell get you, out of here. Even when Hannah was walking out, I sort of felt we saw her mentally realize that Luke was there. Yeah. Like, she kind of, her eyes took in the whole picture, and then she saw Luke, and you sort of witnessed her understanding what was happening, and then her instant frustration. I keep, <laughs> you know, we I asked you this before. On for our Entertainment Tonight interview, were you at all worried that a punch would get thrown? Those three guys were surrounding Luke. But I also keep thinking about how both you and Tyler asked Hannah, well, Hannah, did you send him home? Hannah, what do you want out of this? And I appreciated that that focus was still kept on her. Uh, Jed actually said on the episode, Hannah finally listened to me. And sent Luke home. And I was like, oh, okay, Jen. Yeah. I think she, again, figured that out for herself. Yeah, well, and, and all, all 29 of the other guys involved in this season right. said the same thing. Right. Um, so I stayed in the control room. I was in there until I saw things ratchet up about two notches. And then when the guys stepped forward, I walked out. And when I say I, Polly, Big Polly. You're very intimidating. Sorry. I am. I am an inti- intimidating <laughs> presence. Uh, I'm standing next to three guys. I mean, I guess I'm about the same size as Jed. But the other two guys, big boys. <laughs> um, and so, especially Tyler. He's a he's a large dude. Eh, tiny guy. Um, very few muscles. I don't know if you guys have seen him without a shirt on. Eh. He's a snack. That hasn't been on social media. Yeah. Uh, I've noticed it a lot on yours. What? Oddly. Yeah. I'm a fan. A lot. I'm a Tyler C. fan. Yeah, we know. He's the only one so far this season that not a scandal hath touched. Yeah. I think he keeps the focus on Hannah. I think he asks her questions. And I think he says really unique things when speaking to her about his feelings for her. It isn't just, I'm so into her. And does any of that have to do also when he has his shirt off, he looks pretty good. I'm being completely objective and removing <laughs> that from my mind. Um, but when I, so I, when those guys step forward, 
obviously we don't and can't have a physical altercation and we'll stop that immediately. And so I walked out to be within, I was just outside the camera, about three feet away. So was Polly. Producers were right there. So if anything had happened, we would have broken it up quickly. And at one point, Tyler kind of, if I remember correctly, kind of put his hand out on Luke P. And I was like, okay, don't do anything stupid. Mm -hmm. And it kind of stopped there. And they really did, as you said, pointed it back to Hannah. And that's when I stepped forward and said, okay, this has really run its course. I don't need this to dissolve. And again, if people ever wonder, you know, what do we push and what do we want out of a situation? I could have easily let that dissolve. I could have pushed it even further and it could have been a mess if we really wanted that as television. That's not what we wanted there. I didn't want Hannah to have that in her life. And so I did want to put it back on her and say, this is it. Final decision. Luke has obviously said his piece, I guess. I don't know what he was pieces. saying. Yeah. He fell to pieces. His whole I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I just said, look, Hannah, what do you want? It's like, I want him gone. It's like, okay, ball game. Luke, get out. And he did. What was funny is we don't have, we didn't have a strategy. We didn't know. So he walked one way at first. And I was like, do I walk with him? He walked the wrong way. Then he walked back to the van. We didn't know. He was just wandering around. But it was, and it was very interesting. And then I don't know if we show it or not, because I, I have not seen the final cut uh, of, did I put the rose, because I put the pedestal back <laughs> to set up for the rose. <laughs> I don't know if we're actually going to show that. Uh, maybe it'll be in the blooper reel or something. But that's, that's kind of, we had to reset for rose. And then, Hannah grabbed, you know, kind of got her thoughts back together. And that's when I told her the rest of the Luke P stuff and and that, you know, he had a ring in his pocket and the whole thing. It was interesting to see that because we'd seen the teasers all the way up to this. And I thought that that moment we'd seen you telling Hannah, I thought that was going to happen before Mm -hmm. Luke P's reentry, but it didn't. When you say you didn't want to push that and let it devolve, why? What's the thinking there? That Hannah will just be too far gone from what she's really there to do? What it, What is the point? You know, as a producer, that's what I'm always thinking. That's what we are always thinking. There's many producers there of which I'm just one. And, and then you really are producing on the fly. Yes, you have an idea of what's going to happen that day, but you really don't know until you're in that situation. And we'll talk more about this as I get into the sit down with Luke P about not really knowing where things are going to go. So you have to be kind of ready for everything. You know, what happened if Hannah had said, you know what? I'm not sure, which easily could have happened because oh, things have been so topsy-turvy. <laughs> Look, I agree. Now she was completely done and, and you know, I was pretty sure she was not going to like this, but you didn't know. So we had to be kind of ready for anything. And if, you know, an altercation and going beyond what we saw had no purpose for us. The purpose was make your final choice, make it in front of the men, make it in front of everybody, clean cut. It's your cut. It's your decision. Let's move on. Beyond that, I, we, Hannah, the boys, none of us needed any more than that. And so if it had gotten physical, if it had gotten nasty and verbal, it didn't yeah. add anything. It's, it's not, that's not the television and not the story we needed. Well, let's get into the tell-all. It, it was quite a tell-all. As you said, we started things off with Luke P. And so I'm at the taping. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have some press at the taping. And we go there every year. I have to say— Without, you know, giving anything else away that that we didn't end up seeing on TV, watching you interview Luke, I did think to myself, oh, my God, how did these guys put up with him in in the mansion on the the road for months? That's funny. I had the same thought. So let me go back to kind of my point in Greece. Luke, a little behind the scenes info here, had kind of gone dark on us. Uh, Usually we keep in touch. And again, when people— you know, naysayers out there, conspiracy theorists like, oh, you guys set these people up. You guys have all this plan. You have all of it scripted. 
this was so unscripted as to really kind of worry me a little bit. We're, usually I'm a little prepared for these interviews. Well, Luke had gone dark. Before uh, the tell-all. Before the tell-all. Well, really since leaving Greece, kind of went dark and didn't talk to producers, didn't talk to me, didn't talk to cast, nothing. He had gone completely dark. Um, he had confided in his brother. Um, his brother— Who we met on Hometown. Yeah, his brother was kind of running— interference for him with the producers and kind of letting us know. We weren't even sure if he was going to show up, which would have been tough because he was half the show. So we weren't really even sure until a few days before, was he really going to be there? Um, His brother was kind of speaking on his behalf and his brother and he were really, he, he was the counselor and kind of prepping him for this. So day of, I'm sitting with the producers and we're going through, you know, the show and it's our final kind of run through before I step on and we rehearse and do the whole show. And we, they really didn't have a lot to tell me other than we don't know. You know, this is, we talk about big picture. What do we hope to get out of this? You know, I didn't know. I, I really didn't know if he was going to be nice, if he was going to be contentious, if he was going to be confusing, if he was going to be upset. You know, if- I, and so I really didn't know. And, I, and as a producer and as a host, you do a million interviews. You, you like to have an idea of, of the direction you're going to go in before you show up. I really didn't know. I was, so I was kind of prepared for, for everything. Mm-hmm. Were you prepared for 72 of the longest pauses in the history of time? No, no. It's, that was and, – and what you guys saw on TV was the half of it. You know, I, obviously, we just didn't have time to show right. you all of, all of the – when I say pregnant, uh, I'm talking – I'm not talking a nine-month pregnancy. These are octuplet yeah. pregnant pauses. <laughs> These are 52 this weeks. This baby's pre- overdue, yeah. <laughs> and it's 10 babies, it and was, the octomom is back. Look, I I am I'm a big believer in not filling silences, which is really hard for people to do, especially as an interviewer. Letting silence speak for itself, and and it is something. Pay attention next time you're having a conversation and someone kind of stops talking. Pay attention to how you jump in to save the silence and fill that void because it's awkward, and and you want to save somebody and you want to fill their mouth with words and, and fix it. So my job, my belief is don't leave them in their thoughts, leave them in their silence. And that was hard to do even for me because it was so long and it was such a beating mentally and physically. And I wondered really where he was going. And it, and it seemed, and I think my first thought was his brother has counseled him to really think before he speaks and go back over the talking points and I know I don't think he was very prepared for what I was about to bring to the table and the questions I was giving him. I think he was prepared for, I think, the interview to go a different direction, and I didn't go there. I was trying to kind of bob and weave a little bit, just shake things up. And, and I didn't make it contentious, and I thought maybe he was ready for a contentious interview, mm-hmm. and I wasn't mad at him. And I don't hate this guy. My feeling is life is not so black and white. I just want to find out what makes this guy tick. Why was Luke P. Luke P.? Is there damage in his past? Is there, you know, what is it? It's not just religion. Um, It's not just the faith. There's a lot of layers there. And I was trying to peel some of those back. And I just, I don't know if he was really ready. And what bugged me about the silence is I felt like he was thinking and not feeling. And I wanted more from his heart. I don't feel like I got a lot of spontaneous, heartfelt answers. I got a lot of programmed, planned answers you know that, and by the way, that speaks volumes about him. So that 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 in itself is insightful. I'm being silent. Okay, um, so that doesn't work on a <laughs> podcast. By the way, it's, television's a very visual medium. Podcasts, not so much. Oh God, I love when you explain TV. Mm. <laughs> like the cameras here today. Mm. 
of which there's three. Hello. Which, by the way, just when I have to explain television, you did ask if this fan behind me was a camera. <laughs> This big white fan. Look, that could be anything. <laughs> I want to remind you that when I recently interviewed you, I showed you where your mark was on the floor. Yes. Okay, so I did want to ask you about that because mm. you and I have spoken in interviews before about how you kind of also have to come to one of these tell-alls with the knowledge of what box am I playing in. Right. Where can I take this? Uh, this is network television. This is somebody who's on our show. This is someone who, mm. you know, we might need to come back to us again. If, if there's somebody who goes dark, that's a little risky. Did you think about how he might have gone over the edge. We saw him freak out at Garrett one time. Did you want that to happen on some level? Were you trying to avoid that? I was trying to avoid it. My, and this is what I explained to the producers as we all had our pregame meeting. I said, this is my plan. Tell me if I'm wrong and tell me if there's a different approach, but my plan is to not make this contentious unless it needs to be. If it goes there, I'm fine going there, but he will have to take it there. My plan was to actually be benevolent, you know, for the most part, and, and let him explain himself. And I, that's my thing is, and we'll get into the Jed situation too coming up that I'm about to face. And it's going to be the same situation. I really want to give them the floor. I will, Explain to me your side of the story. Explain to me your truth. Give me your heartfelt reason for all the things you did. Do you have regret? Did you learn? Did you grow? I'm all good, you know, and as long as I feel you're being honest and open and giving me your truth, I'm not going to bury you. I'm never going to back the bus over anybody who's being honest. When you come back and there's this revisionist history and you're, you're making things up and I clearly know the truth, then I'm going to bury you. Then I'm going to push you and, and I'm, and I'm going to go after that. But with Luke, that was not my goal was not to have a big TV meltdown. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought he was going to be fascinating enough. I'm fascinated by him. The faith question and the faith debate and the topic that we are going to have, we probably already kind of are having this, but it's going to really rage on after this season of faith and how we apply it to our lives and, and how I find it interesting. And I said this on the tell-all, it's like, you know, faith is something, and I'm a faithful person. I was born in the South, and so maybe it's because I, I empathize with them, and I was born around this. I was born around Southern Baptist when I was growing up in Dallas, and so I get that. Um, I was not Baptist, but I was around it, and I, I heard fire and brimstone, and so I understand where he comes from, and it's not so foreign to me, and I know it might scare a lot of people, but it's not foreign to me, but what they believe should bring peace in their lives, should bring them together, should bring love and harmony to the world. That's kind of the idea of religion. And it caused a catastrophic event. It caused everything but peace and harmony, which if you go over the last several centuries in this world, that's- yeah, Nobody's ever warred over religion. <laughs> yeah, I, but what? I, but that's what I find fascinating. And, I, and if, if nothing else comes to this, I hope that is a debate. But I'm actually at the point now where I'm really, after this tell-all, looking at the Luke and Hannah interaction and- just in my own view of it, I'm taking religion out of it mm-hmm. because I do think people have their different beliefs. I don't think people should project their beliefs on other people, which I do think something Luke was doing. But I can't get out of my head Luke saying things to Hannah along the lines of, which he said in the Fantasy Suites episode, you think you have clarity, mm-hmm. but I know you don't. I don't think Luke seems to feel Hannah is on the same intellectual yeah. decision-making level as him. And let me say something, because I asked this question. It actually was was cut out because I asked a similar 
question when I, I flat out asked him, are you a misogynist? They cut that out because I asked another question and off the top of my head, you might recall it, where it, it basically asked the same thing in a oh, different way. Oh, you asked way. him, do you want a woman you put in a glass yeah, case? Yeah, exactly. So essentially that was the same thing in a more creative way. So we they, they cut the other one out because it was redundant. But you know, I don't know if he is a misogynist because he treated me the same way. <laughs> Um, what was going through your head when Luke Parker said to you, which time? think about what you're asking me. Yeah. So, I mean, he, he was in to this, Chris Harrison. He said this, this is what I'll he, be honest. I stood up out of my chair. This is what I don't know that he gets is how condescending he comes off. Mm -hmm. He is extremely condescending. Well, everything about him is you're misunderstanding me. It's right. never taking an ownership of, I'm not communicating this well. I lost track during our interview, but at least five times he said to me, let me make this clear for you. And, and the way he says it is code for, you idiot, let me explain this in simple terms. Because I understand this, I get it, you don't. Um, and then as you said, he, I think twice, you heard it once on the show, but I think twice he said to me, you'll basically think before you speak. Um, <laughs> well, the funny thing is we were all sitting there. Which I, which I was, I, I even had to bite my tongue. I'm a very patient man. Thank God I'm a dad. Of two teenage kids, and I have unbelievable patience because I I I thought there was going to be blood coming out of my mouth when he said "think." Look, we all know the fans all know you're a clever guy. You could have said something to him. So I think our question is why? Why not take a jab at him? Why not put him in his place? Because your restraint was on the same level as Hannah's when he was talking to her on their fantasy. It just night. at that point, it felt like such low hanging fruit. Mm -hmm. There was a couple things I, I could have easily picked some low hanging fruit when he said, "I still believe in the traditional man leading a woman." Mm -hmm. I mean, I, the first thing that came to my head was, well, "Okay, let's let's dabble in the same sex." marriage, same-sex relationship. You wanted to ask him about that. Yeah. Like, wh who, who's leading that household, by the way, uh, in your traditional world? Mm -hmm. And so I just, I, I, again, you go down that rabbit hole, that's another four acts of television. So I, I, I feel like there's like an iPhone or iPad above my head at times, and things pop up in this bubble, and I either, I swipe right or swipe left. <laughs> I'm like, nope, don't do that. Don't go there. Don't go there. Don't You're go on a there. Bumble yeah. app with your thoughts. <laughs> yes, I'm a Tinder bubble with my thoughts. That's a, but really, that's how I am in an interview. Of you have to in in not to make fun of Luke, but you have to think before you speak when you're doing this because I'm not just. I can't just be selfish about what do I care about. I have to think, okay, time restraints. I'm creating a television show. I'm in a segment here. I got to lead into the next segment. How am I teeing up Hannah coming out later? Asking questions that I can reach back and recall because Hannah's out there or Mike's out there or whatever. So you really do have to think like chess five moves ahead in, interview, in an interview that's going to lead to more interviewing. Um, and that's what the tell-all is. And so believe it or not, I did think before I spoke. And so there were, there were, there were some low-hanging fruit and I could have easily just piled on and, you know, been, been a hero in that. And, you know, but it's, what does that get me? Where does that get us? And I just wanted to move on and get to other stuff. He had hung himself so many times in that interview. It, it was When I, you consider how long the pause was when you asked him, do you want a woman in a glass case? That's an easy Right. That should have been answer. a quick no. Yeah. Quick no. no. Um, and then if you want to give some thought of how you want to explain the no, that's fine. But quick, no, Chris, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. Clearly, I don't. But, you know, that's <laughs> fine. But at the end of the day, my my thought was— was this a good interview? Well, does everybody have a clear 
picture of who Luke P is? I think so. By the gasps and and jaw drops and eye rolls by the people I saw in my peripheral vision in the audience, I felt like everybody got a clear view of who this guy was. And then and then I thought Hannah came out and really cleared the decks. <laughs> Wonderful camera work this episode. The cuts to the yeah. women in the crowd doing double takes, the slow pan from Luke's hand. <laughs> Shout out to Emmy-nominated uh, director Ken Fuchs, who has been our director for many, many years and, and does Shark Tank, does Family Feud, does everything. I've never uh, he's seen— s- the best. The work he was doing with Silence yeah. was cinematic. <laughs> he's phenomenal. He really, and you know, it's, and, and I'll, I'll give a shout out because this is Juliet's podcast and I'm just going to hijack it since she's not here. Uh, I just want to give a shout out. I'm literally already doing that. Oh, I just want to give a shout out to like the, our lighting guys, you know, Dennis and Oscar and Yuda, the art department that sets that every, everything up. And I mean, it's not an accident that the show looks as good as it does. Mm-hmm. Kenny, our director, Roth, our floor stage manager, Polly, as I mentioned, and thousands of producers, the people that make this show tick, it really, uh, we take it for granted how beautiful this show is. And it never gets enough props for how spectacular it always looks. It is gorgeous. I I keep thinking it's also so impressive how it always looks the same on the road. You can be in a yeah. cave in the middle of nowhere in Greece, and I'm like, that's the bachelor. That's Angelique the Rutherford, uh, yes. our art department, they are <sighs> unbelievable. What they, You think, by the way, you think roses are in bloom everywhere around the world every time we go? They're not. We they we are shipping roses in. We fly roses in when we need. I'll never forget. We were in San Juan, Puerto Rico years ago. Ben Flanick season. And there were no roses, period. <laughs> Flying in from Miami. We flew roses in from Miami for the rose ceremony because obviously they're kind of important. We had to have them. But, you know, it's not an accident that we're in Iceland or we're, you know, on top of the Matterhorn in Zermatt. Switzerland, and there's roses. Wow, I did not know that. And there ain't a rose bush up there. I looked. <laughs> um, so you're talking production decisions. I do have to ask you about something. As if enough hadn't happened mm-hmm. in the Bachelor Nation news world over the past couple of weeks, Mike Fleiss, creator of the show, mm-hmm. has come into the headlines. He's going through a divorce. Things have very quickly appeared very contentious. And I just want to know your thoughts and— what you can tell us about what's going on behind the scenes. I mean, it's not the franchise's first scandal. You had the Paradise scandal. And at that time, I remember you telling me in an interview that, you know, there were moments when you worried about the future of Paradise. Uh, What is the thought right now on the future of things and where they're at? Well, I'll say this, and I have not commented up to this point, and I won't get too deep into this, but I will say as far as those two situations, they're very different because Bachelor in Paradise, that was a production situation, something that happened on our set, having to do with our show was relevant to our production. So that was my concern as far as production. Mike Fleiss and and his situation is completely different because it is a very personal, private matter between he, his wife, his kids, his family, and and outside of of production. Um, And I will say this, Warner Horizon, again, is, is the production arm of our show. They own the rights to our show and they, they create our show. That's who I work for, essentially. I also work for ABC as well, but, but mainly Warner Horizon is who I work for and who we work for as production. They have reached out to me and they have let me know that they are aware of the situation, aware of the allegations. They're taking them very serious and they're looking into them. And beyond that, I, I really don't have any comment and it wouldn't be right for me to, to have any more comment beyond mm-hmm. that right now. And we will wait and see uh, until 
any more facts come in. And they're, and I believe them that they are taking it very serious and looking into this. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, it's not the first time that, again, st- stuff happening in people's personal lives has made it into the news about this franchise. Um, okay, we're going to wrap up here on Luke, Chris Harrison, mm-hmm. but I-, I do want to ask you just a little bit more about the going back to Luke and Hannah's fantasy suite. Because you, be, you and I were talking about this. What I, and look, I, I'm glad he asked Hannah about her sex life on camera only because it gave such an amazing episode of television and yeah. so many things for us to talk about. But Luke, you were an hour from having private time with her. Right. If you wanted to know whether she slept with these guys, you could have asked her that off camera in an hour. I think that is what, you know, it's, it's, there's so many things with Luke, the faith thing, the putting women on the same level as himself mentally thing that you do kind of forget that. I mean, at the end of the day, the day this has been a topic on the show before, you right. know, Nick did it with Andy, uh, Nick Vial and Andy Dorfman. It's kind of a bit taboo, even on the bachelor to straight up ask the lead, have right. you had sex with these other people? Yeah. And he was so close to just doing that off camera. He just, I think at the end of the day, and one of the guys said it, or maybe Hannah, like, I hope you get it. Like, I hope this really will sink in. And Do you, you think he got it? No. 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 As of leaving my stage, no. Just because he kept, you know, it was, it reminded me of somebody who, who says, I'm sorry that you don't understand. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sorry, sorry that, that you're you feel hurt. that way. Yes. <laughs> it, it was, that's not a sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, that's not taking ownership. It's also and that's, not a sorry when you backtrack on it 30 well, that, seconds Well, that was later. the thing is he never really took ownership when I said, do you have any regrets? No. You know, would you change anything? No. God, I have 17 regrets from, you know, what I've done today. And I haven't even really talked to anybody yeah, yet today. I've been part of 10 of them. <laughs> so, exactly. <laughs> so, no, it's it, if you don't grow, if you don't— And that's one of the things when we come back to the tell-all, I always think is like, how have you changed? If you haven't been changed, if you haven't grown from this experience, it has really been lost on you. Because if nothing else— Say you don't find love, whatever, but man, you have been put through an emotional process where you have really had to examine your life and your choices. And if you haven't grown from that, then you have really failed. And I, I at this point, he's failed in that regard. But <sighs> well, I think he's also surrounded by people. And this is one another thing religion does for you. It puts you in a fishbowl. You're around of a lot of like-minded people mm-hmm. who will tell you you're right because everyone else in the room says the same thing. Feels and look, you can take this to politics too. Go to New York, go to LA, go to go to the deep south. When you're around people that speak exactly like you do, say what you do, believe what you do, as soon as you step outside of that fishbowl and you get hit in the face with something that's different, it's jarring. And I think this was jarring for Luke in his life and it tested his faith and he didn't he wasn't equipped to deal with it and so he just kept falling back on scripture and falling back in your faith. And that's a very typical thing to do when you are that type of a person. I see it all the time. What's sort of baffling about Luke is he made reference, for example, to Hannah and her relationship with Colton. Uh, We've seen him talk about other bachelors like on Twitter and all that. So he's clearly watched the show. Mm -hmm. So you would think that someone who has these feelings about sex before marriage who is aware of the structure of the show and the fantasy suites would maybe be hesitant about going on. Yeah. Um, well, and here, and I said this to you before, and I'll stick up for Luke when I say this. I have no problem with his belief structure, his faith. Look, it's not for everybody, but if that's if that's what makes your boat float and you're not hurting anybody else, God love you. Go mm-hmm. do your life. 
you come on The Bachelor, yeah, you you know what you're signing up for, but maybe you still don't know until you get you know knee deep in the water. That's fine. Once you figure that out, and he did, and and you ask Hannah, even if you go so far as to ask Hannah, did you have sex with somebody, and she cut you off at the knees, then that that was my main thing to him is when you realize that this was not for you, you still didn't walk away. Mm-hmm. That was my big thing. I really don't have a problem with Luke up to well, there are some things the <laughs> lying. You know, it's not. I, I'm not. I'm not going to say I don't have a problem with anything he did, but I mean, I don't have a problem with his belief and and, and getting to the point of, look, if you slept with another man, I'm out of here because that's against my beliefs. I don't care. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Good on you. If that's your thing, that's your thing. But then stand up for that and believe in it and walk out and leave, depart. And that's what he didn't do. He kept. To me, the crowning moment, the icing on the cake for me was. After she had just cut him down to size, this is fantasy sweet night, and it, it, it was over. I mean, it had dissolved like I had never seen anything dissolve before. And he says, can I pray over you? That's, that, to me, was the straw that broke the camel's back. That, to me, was so telling of someone who just hasn't gotten it. And that, to me, again, is someone who has fallen back into well, I'm going to do what people do back home. I'm going to do what people do back in the fishbowl. What do I do in this moment? This doesn't feel normal. This isn't comfortable for me. Can I pray over you? Again, a a demeaning, wasn't even a, can we pray? Mm -hmm. Can can we just pray together? Mm -hmm. Can we have a silent moment? Can we reflect in thought? There's a lot of things you can say in that moment. Can I pray over you? Again, a very condemning, condescending comment from him to her. And that to me, for some reason, again, maybe it goes back to my youth and issues I have from, from things that I saw. <laughs> triggering. Yeah, very triggering. I was just like, wow. That, that to me summed everything up. And it, it's funny. No one else has really talked about that moment. To, but to me— Oh, we've talked about it. Okay. Because <laughs> to me, that moment really summed everything up. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people laughed at it. And it was like, oh, my God. But to me, that was like very damning. Condescending. Yeah. So Hannah apologizes to America yeah. on the tell-all when she comes out. Looking great, by the way. You know, we're moving to a lighter moment here. Mike is there smiling. Uh, Mike's cut Luke down. Uh, Connor really cut Luke down. We had some of our other players from the show. And then Hannah apologizes to America. And the Matador. How about the Matador that came out in the middle of the show? I think his name was Devin. Oh, yes. Um, You had to remind everyone. This is Devin, everybody. (laughs) I had to be reminded. Uh, You can't. Look, here's the thing, guys. You can't come from the top row. You know I'm not going to know who you are. (laughs) Front row. Front row is who, who, who lives in my wheelhouse. Back I mean, row. They have to know that, right? If no, they've they watched do. the show before. Um, it's funny. Honestly, I introduce myself to a lot of them after the show because they, they, they laugh. I mean, look, if you're out night one, night two, night three, it's it's difficult. It starts from the top left and you say, nope. literally, have nope. I seen this guy before? Nope. <laughs> you progress to the right. You're like, looking more familiar. And then you go to the bottom right and you're like, okay. And once then by we the got bottom to, left. I will say once we got to the Andy Baldwin lookalike, uh, I believe it was Matt. I felt pretty good on in Mateo okay. and those guys. Okay, that was okay. pretty good. Okay. okay, so I did know Dev, but it was funny when Devin walked out. I was like, the audience is like, who's who's the matador? I don't know this guy. So I was like, Devin, everybody. By the way, Mateo coming out of left field defending Luke. I did not yeah. see that coming. Not a, I don't think it was needed. Not a great island to be on. That's that's a not bold and deserted island. Not the soapbox. I mean, look, I you know he he had a valid point. I I think of. Understanding how difficult it probably was for Luke being isolated and, and being ostracized, but you one hundred percent did that to yourself. Well, and it again, was self inflicted. 
I think you and I feel the same about this. If Luke had come out and if he'd owned things mm-hmm. and if he'd truly apologized and stood by that apology and said he'd learned a lot about himself and that he wanted to yeah. maybe make some changes, I think all the guys and that whole audience would have rallied around him. 100%. I right. mean, people are here for a redemption story. Oh, America loves a teardown, but what they really love is the remodel. And I don't judge it, and I know that it's hard to probably be a 24-year-old person and go yeah, on this huge show and be you know, what exposed if, to the world. What if he had come back and said, guys, Chris, my God, I was a jackass. I mean, really, I was a complete jackass. I've watched the show back. I'm embarrassed. Mm-hmm. I'm ashamed. You know, I am still a faithful man, and but my faith is taught—if it's taught me anything, it's to be introspective, to look at myself, and, man, I don't like what I see. Mm-hmm. And, like, guys— Holy cow. I'm sorry, Hannah. I'm sorry. You know, yeah, I was I was wrong. Like, yeah, there were some things that I believe in, but I took that in the wrong direction. Yeah, I, we would have like, okay, dude, mm-hmm. great. Big hugs all around. But that's not the case. He, yeah. he just made it worse and worse and worse. Well, yeah, well, you know, and what he did not need to say was Chris Harrison think about what you're asking me. <laughs> so Anna apologizes to America. Yes. Roll Tide. Uh, she also said something that you and I, after watching this, were saying we were pretty captivated by it. It was so introspective. Yeah, it's my favorite thing she said. She said that part of the reason she was so into Luke was that she was aware that the men— did not know who The Bachelorette was going to be when mm. they go on this show. That's just the timing of Most this. didn't, yeah. Most didn't, in terms of when Bachelorette mm. casting happens and when filming starts. And she said Luke was the one who really, from the beginning, made her believe that he was really there for her. And I believe that, too. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he said he wanted to save her. <laughs> um, and well, that, he said that, he loved her on the drag right. date, on the very first date we had. And that, that God, that seems so long ago. Yeah, I know. Sure. <laughs> so much has happened since then. I'm so tired. <laughs> I'm so tired. But no, when she said that, you know, here's the thing. When I think when people watch the show and you see, you know, Becca, Rachel, uh, Hannah, you know, all our, our all our beautiful bachelorettes, and when you're named the bachelorette, you think there's this this instant confidence or whatever that these women are different than you. They're not different than you, and that's why the show is so great. They are you, and I think Hannah was very representative and very relatable to most women. She's insecure just like you are and just like I am. And and so when she's standing there on the driveway with the glam squad looking beautiful in her shimmery little dress and the limos pull up, yeah, she has a smile on her face. But deep down, she's a scared little girl just like any of us would be. Mm-hmm. That's an intimidating moment because you realize, oh, my gosh, I'm carrying this franchise. It's all on me. And I'm excited, yes. But there's a there's a hint of, oh, God, what happens if 30 guys get out and they don't like me? That's human nature. And again, that's why I love this show is because it does bring that out in you. And so it was really interesting that she had that perspective perspective on herself. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I found that beautiful. And I thought it was amazing for her to admit part of what I liked is that he liked me. <laughs> and I kept him around because he really did like me. And then I think there was further, there was physical connection and there was the faith thing. And I think sometimes, you know, we all do this and women do this a lot too of trying to save something that's you know toxic and trying mm-hmm. to make it good and there's a lot of layers We've all you had go deeper those relationships. oh yeah, yeah. Um, and so you, you can go deeper into that rabbit hole but at first it was just a little bit of insecurity and good on her for admitting that i'm really proud of i was proud of her on so many levels this season i know you'll never pick a fave mm-hmm. but hannah in your top bachelorettes or bachelorette seasons this yeah one? yeah oh yeah no i don't mind saying that she was just just because Here's what I love about any bachelor or bachelorette is if you will give yourself up to me, to the process, and really let go. And I mean, take your hands off the wheel and let go. 
it's scary. And it's, man, if you're, you, you're really in for a ride. And I always tell them, this is not going to be always pleasant. It's going to be rough. You're going to cry. You're going to throw up. You're going to be tired. You're going to be sick. Wow. Have you ever caught puke for someone? Uh, Has anyone ever thrown up on you? I mean, outside of my kids, no, last, <laughs> last, last, last puke. And hopefully the last puke I do catch is my children. I mean, Ben Higgins did have a parasite his season. Oh God. Everybody gets sick. I mean, <laughs> it's grueling. It is tough. You know, you, what you see are the pretty parts. What you don't see is us traveling 24 seven, getting to these locations. And, and them. is that part of Hannah's red nose? We all can't get over her. Hannah, oh my gosh. Nose. This girl, she really was so sick. I was trying to think where we were, uh, you know, hometowns, where were we ready for hometowns? Was it Scotland? No, Amsterdam. So like kind of Scotland, not feeling great. Amsterdam, going downhill, hometowns. I mean, sick as a dog. And, and you there are no days off. Mm-hmm. You're flying. You're on a plane. You're, you're not eating right. You're not sleeping in your own bed. God love her. Yeah, that's, so the red nose was— Adorable. Hannah wiping it. But also illness. Yeah. <laughs> Which makes the makeout scenes a little less sexy if you think about them. Oh, God. Wow. Hmm. Well. But we had shirtless Tyler Smith. But, uh, but, but, but I adore her for who she is, which is a blunt, honest woman who owns everything about herself. You know, like you think she wanted to go on and talk about her sexual right. encounters with other guys. No, that's embarrassing. No one wants to talk about, you well, know. It's, per- it's very personal. I mean, yeah. even if you're not embarrassed, it's just, I think that's the thing is she was ultimately thrust into that conversation because Luke asked her about it on camera. But she still she could have dodged it. She still could have dodged it. And you could see the wheels turning in her head. And she and, and you did an interview with her that was really good. And I, I watched that. And she said, you know, she didn't anticipate saying that. Mm-hmm. It, and, and as producers, we didn't think she, I mean, of course, we didn't think she was going to say, I've had sex in a windmill and Jesus still loves me. One of the greatest lines that'll go down in the history of definitely our franchise, maybe television Just ever. Just television. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's so good. But I, yeah, we didn't see that coming and I'm good on her. I want to see Meryl Streep deliver that line. She couldn't. <laughs> Not like Hannah. So Hannah apologizes. Um, and then we also, on the men tell-all, you know, had people other than Luke P. I don't know also if there's ever been a tell-all that was just so— I mean, you started with Luke P. That was different. Mm-hmm. Has there ever been a tell-all that was so dominated by one person? Mm, yeah, I mean, there's—no, not sincerely. You know, we've had bad guys and yeah. stuff like that, but you get past it, and you get to the more sincere parts of the show. But, you know, the, he was just such a cloud. He really was. He dominated. And that's, again, you go back to the whole reason we set up the, the show with the dynamic it did, which was so different than anything we've ever done. It needed to start— and I told the audience, I go out and I warm up the audience. I don't know if you hear this back where you are, but I tell the audience, we're going to start tonight a really different because you need to see what's about to happen mm-hmm. before we can have the conversation we need to have. And so that that was a different setup. And, and it, it set, it was such a cloud over the show. We really needed to deal with it. Yeah. The good news is when we get to next week, the, the, the two-night finale, uh, Monday and Tuesday night live on ABC, <laughs> as if I need to promote it. But um, they, they, we're gone. We're done. Mm-hmm. As Canna said, the Luke P. show is over. It really is about these three remaining men. Well, we had Mike, Big Mike, giving mm-hmm. us his wonderful smile. John Paul Jones throwing his chicken nuggets. JPJ. I mean, again, I know you don't love to pick favorites, but he's got to be up there in terms of just—he's uh, just a joy to watch. Here's the thing about JPJ. Of all the people that's ever been on the show— I, I like genuine. I like honest. And that dude, and I say dude because <laughs> because bro. The, because if you've ever seen the Big Lebowski, he's not the dude, but he's definitely a nephew. He's, he's a cousin. He's, he's a close. Jason. Yeah, he's dude he, Jason. He is the. I kept calling him the dude. I was like, have you ever seen Spicoli and Fast Times with the Big Lebowski? You're right there, man. Oh God, he's their love child. Oh yeah, he is the love child of Spicoli and, and the dude. And the dude. Uh, but but uh, also weirdly, he's a financial analyst. But by the way, yeah, and that's the thing is he's. 
not dumb. He's, he's wicked smart, sharp, but he was so genuine. And he found, he's thanked me 10 times Aww. for being in his corner because he really is genuinely caught off guard by all the attention and the love he's getting. And so it, humble. It's great. Yeah, he's a very humble guy. So I love him. I do love JPJ and Big Mike. You know, the thousand watt smile. He's a very, just a great guy. So it was a good season of good guys like Garrett, like Dylan. There were some good, good men out there. I actually enjoyed this group of guys. Chris, I am going to stop you there because, guys, just like the Bachelor franchise does so well, we have to leave you on a cliffhanger right now. Chris Harrison. Thank you so much for being our guest here on Bachelor Party. Juliette Littman, thank you again for having me. If you guys want to hear the second part of our conversation about possible contenders for Bachelor, Bachelor in Paradise, talking that teaser and so much more, tune in this Thursday for Bachelor Party B-Side. My recap of The Bachelorette Roses and Rosé is up on ET's YouTube channel on Tuesdays. And again, golf fans, check out Chris Harrison's podcast with Johnny Miller. The Bachelorette finale is Monday and Tuesday live. And again, thanks everybody for listening. Listening.